everyone, and the birds outside KC's window welcome you to episode 217 of the Mighty White's podcast. I'm Jack, as always, joined by KC. That's uh, not the birds, that's just the ambient noise of the Big Brother house anytime someone's saying something vaguely controversial. I am sure that's an excellent reference, but I have never watched that show. Um, <laughs> well, we'll just get straight into it because, you know, one... Brighton Newcastle's in half an hour and everyone will be watching that, including we'll probably watch some of it on his phones and stuff. And two, we're both off on a stag do in a few hours. I, I've been more energetic, but I'm absolutely shattered. Yeah, yeah you'll be right. Um, so congratulations of this parish, Connie. Right, um, get straight into the game. No, no, the don't congratulate me. He's not married. He's not gone through with it. Fuck that guy. <laughs> congr- he's not done anything, has he? You're congratulating him for going on a holiday. Uh, your logic is flawless, mate. I can't <laughs> argue with that. Uh, somewhere where logic is less flawless is at Leeds United. And at the weekend we saw, well, you'd say an improvement, wouldn't you? Uh, Leeds 2, Newcastle 2. Overall, what did you reckon? It, it was a pretty good performance. Oh. for. And it, apparently Connie's watching. <laughs> I got you, pal. Um, yeah, it was it was a pretty good performance, marred by a few moments of badness. A few moments of leads. Yeah, it was quite nice in as much as you know we conceded a goal and then we didn't didn't concede another one three minutes afterwards. Yeah, we didn't immediately fall to bits and shit ourselves. Yeah. Which I must admit, in the ground, I didn't feel like that was going to happen when it went one one. Hmm. At 2-1, I did think that was going to happen and may have out loud said, we're going to get beat 6-1 now. <laughs> uh, fortunately, I was wrong about that. But overall, I mean, Newcastle are a good side that create quite a lot of chances against just about everyone they play against. And they didn't. Like, they they created, what, a couple of chances and then we gave them two penalties. Yeah. Like, uh, it was... Really impressive considering how um, how scared we were of this Newcastle team. And yeah, ultimately, they didn't create a lot. I can't say, I, I, like, I can't say they played particularly badly or anything like that. I, I think both teams defended relatively well. And that's sort of all that was needed. Yeah, it was a very, I suppose, the big difference for us is we were very structured. And we stuck to it a lot better than we normally do. Uh, Christensen stayed in at right centre-back, which surprised me, but I thought he did really well. So he'll stay in at the weekend. And moving Robin Cock into midfield, although he's, you know, he's hardly fucking Xavi, he can, he's fine in midfield. And he gave us that little bit of strength in there that I think we needed. Yeah. Um, I suppose having that there as well gives Ailing and the ability to to get a bit further forward and, and know that we'll have cover there because we have had a tendency this season to have the fullbacks bombing on and the midfielders go forward and then just leave two at the back. And then play two men and try and play an offside trap where one of them is 10 yards behind the other. Yeah. Yeah, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, we started pretty well. There wasn't loads of chances, <laughs> but we were getting into the game pretty well and First goal, uh, Patrick Bamford cuts inside onto his right foot, puts in an absolute peach of a cross. Rodrigo header saved one of those where if you're being hypercritical, you should say you should push it wide. But I thought it was a good header that was, I think, just saving it was decent goalkeeping, to be fair. But Ailing follows in really well. I mean, he's set off. When you watch it back, he sets off on that run when Bamford crosses it. He knows hmm. exactly what he's thinking and... You know, hammers it in, easy finish, 1-0 leads, and everyone delighted. Yeah, Rodrigo does exactly what you're supposed to do with that as well. They like You head it down, force the keeper to parry it, and then hope that someone follows up, and Luke Ayling has finally been able to follow up on one. Yeah, I mean, he's, it was the exact position. I mean, really, you would be thinking where your winger would be, but you know, if you're getting players forward, you're getting players forward. We had to have a go. Uh, yeah, one nil up, and we were, you know, 
it's not like we were like better than them or anything. I, it was just an even game. But once you get that goal, you're in a good position. And then you get the incident where the entire game turns, unfortunately. Um, if I remember, this is the bit where Jack Allison takes one of the best first touches you've ever seen in your life because the ball's and, a yard that, behind him. And that's saying something. Yeah. And he's, yeah, considering some of his history. But it's a yard behind him in the air and he like flicks it round. Uh, gets it to Sam Greenwood, who drops the shoulder well, beats a man, gets into a good area, plays it inside to Junior Firpo, who's making a really good underlapping run. I always love when we see that underlapping run because it was the one thing we took away from his first pre-season here. He loves an underlapping run. He, he did. He was doing that all the time against Blackburn in that friendly. Yeah. Uh, sprints into the box, gets ahead of his man, gets his body into the right position. Joe Linton has no... If he, as soon as he makes a tackle, it's a penalty because that's the only thing that can happen. Wins the penalty. Really good bit of football. Delighted. Everyone's stood in the stand, not over-celebrating because it's still Leeds United and we know what happens. But everyone is like, right, this is a really good opportunity. And then Patrick Bamford picks the ball up. Now, we, I think we are quite balanced when it comes to Patrick Bamford. And I would say our default position is Leeds are a better side when Patrick Bamford plays. Yeah. So we are fans, if anything. This is where the sort of odd bit kicks in. When he picks up that ball, a few people around us at the ground said, why ever giving it to Bamford? And we so couldn't even fathom the possibility that they were going to let Bamford take it. But we said, no, they're doing that thing where someone picks up the ball so all the players surround him and try and put him off. And then when they're done doing that, he hands it off. Which you're seeing a lot in football at the minute. We were so sure. No, he's going to let all the Newcastle players get in his face and give him all the stick and all the abuse and everything. And then he'll turn around and pass it to Rodrigo. <laughs> and then he put it down. Yeah. Have you ever in your entire life been more sure someone was going to miss a penalty? No. Uh, I, right, it's a this, horrible feeling. It, it's a horrible feeling like, not having faith in him to, to score that penalty. But here's the thing that's most baffling to me. You know when he was in really red-hot form and got in the England squad and all of that stuff? He wasn't a good penalty taker then. No. There's a reason Click started taking him in the championship and Pablo Hernandez was taking him in the championship. There's a, it's because pa Patrick Bamford is not a good, like, he's not a good ball striker. Like, Sam Greenwood is a great ball striker, even if he isn't a great footballer. Patrick Bamford is not a great ball striker. He's a good number nine who leads the line well. Hmm. It's just completely the wrong thing to do. And as much as, obviously, there have been some fans who have been complete twats about all this and said fucking horrendous things and they can all fuck off. But I wasn't particularly mad with Patrick Bamford for taking a shit penalty. I was mad at Sam Allardyce. Because I don't care if he goes into the... If he goes after and goes, oh, I just left it as it is because I haven't really seen who's a good penalty taker or not. Well, do your fucking research, then. It's literally your job. Half a million for four games, and you can't be asked looking at who's a decent penalty taker. <laughs> Look, obviously, since he came in, we have improved, and he deserves loads of credit for that. But in this game, he did two things that are things that a quote-unquote shit football manager would do. Yeah. And this is one of them. And yes, it's an awful penalty. And yes, a a fit bloke from behind the pub would probably have taken a better penalty. But he clearly has no confidence. Everyone knows that going in. So why he's on it is fucking beyond me. Yeah, why put him in a situation where he has time to think about this shot? Like, that's almost the complete opposite of what he needs. I mean, we've seen it before with him. If, he's, if someone says, are you taking it? He's going to say yes. Because whether he has confidence or not, he acts like he does. Because that's what you're supposed to do as a sportsman, really. You know, 
it is borderline fake it till you make it. If you're out of form, you just keep going until you're in form. Hmm. And he's always going to take that opportunity. And had he scored, it would have been the best thing for our season, not just this game, but he would have probably given him confidence going into the last couple of games, all of that. But let's be right, he scored. He sort of scored against Fulham. It was an own goal, really. And he did score against Bournemouth. And he didn't look any more confident for it. And I just the decision making baffles me at this football club sometimes. I can't believe Victor Otto let him take that penalty, the bastard. Yeah, fucking Otto. <laughs> no, it's 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 so frustrating. And it was quite nice to hear us rally around him a bit shortly after. Um, oh yeah, in 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 the ground after the initial oh for fuck's sake, after that they there was nothing. In the ground. Like you said, I think I think the frustration entirely lay with why has anyone let him do this? Yeah. Like that that really needed what Rodrigo to go. No, I, I am taking this. Uh well if, I they ar- if they argue about it, I believe Ailing will have been captain on the day, because mm-hmm. there's no Cooper. Then Luke Ailing needs to go up and say, Look, you know who's got to have this. He's in form. Like, Rodrigo's taken some shit penalty. Like, that one at Cardiff was an awful pen. Mm. But his record overall is much better. And, and he, scored them in, he scored them in big moments for us. He, you know, he has taken 93rd-minute penalties to, to get equalisers and things like that for us. So, it's... I'd, so I'd, I'd fully back him in that. You know, mm. I'd, in a way, I'd probably be angrier if he missed. Yeah, because... <laughs> Because I don't have that expectation of him to, to mess it up. Mm. Which is unfair. It is grossly unfair. But, um, yeah, it needed someone to step up and and, and take ownership there. But so, I, I've Pat, just, Pat, Pat, just... Just give the ball to such. Come over here. I, I, want, I need a quick word with you. Just come over here. If someone in the ground would have offered me even money that he misses that, I would have been getting every bit of cash in my pocket. <laughs> and throwing it and going, yes, I'll take that. Because I've, he just didn't look set for it. And unfo- you know, that's the thing with it. You know, if they were going, well, we'll give him it anyway. He's our number nine. We need him to get into form. Three, four games into a season, I think that sum is probably worth it. Hmm. Even if he misses it. All right. But the long-term good would probably outweigh it. Not when there's three games left and you're in the bottom three. You'd, you'd play him for right now, and that was not a right now decision. And that doesn't that sum up League United season, making a load of decisions that aren't benefiting us right now. Yeah. Uh, luckily for Leeds, you know, all you have to do after that is just keep it tight for a little bit, and then you can all get over the missed penalty. So anyway, two minutes later... So I've literally just watched the tackle, and that's the first time I've watched the tackle since the game. But it's further, isn't it? And he just it's, runs across and hoops him up in the air. It's a comical tackle. By the way, I know he slips, but the fact that all the Leeds fans on Twitter were blaming Furpo for this goal. No, like I was I was amazed because I, I saw him slip and just thought, oh, please don't catch him. Please. Yeah. Because this that and then Verba thought, Don't worry, Junior, I've, I've got, got this. this. <laughs> just like, I know at the time I saw the ball go up in the other direction, I did the typical thing of, look, the ball is moving in the direction that Verbal was making the tackle. He must have made it. No. To me, there's one, of, there's one of the angles on the replay where it does look like he got the ball. But uh, So for a second when I saw it out back, I went, oh, did he? Did he actually get it? Did we get screwed over? But the main thing is, look at Verbal afterwards. <laughs> I mean, like he knows exactly what he's doing. Second time in two games that we've given away a silly penalty. Uh, and this one actually making a difference. Uh, Callum Wilson puts him in the bottom left corner. Cracking pen. Like, Robles goes the right way and he goes early. He couldn't have yeah. done any more. It's just a great penalty. Uh, yeah, we're getting to half-time. There still hasn't been, like, many efforts or anything. It's I, been... mean, I mean, after after they score, what, what's the best actual chance of the game? Is it that layoff to Greenwood that he puts over? Um, yeah, probably for the rest of that half. And then, but in the second half, there isn't loads either. No. Um, it's, it's, it's a bizarre game. It is 
I said this when I spoke to my mum about it, she she'd watched match of the day. And I said to her, like, did it show much else apart from the penalties and the goals? And she went, well, no, no, not really. I was like, good, because not a lot actually happened. Yeah, it was, it, well, it was exactly how Allardyce would want it. Like, in terms of structure of the game, we kept it reasonably tight. We didn't, we kept a shape well. We had enough threat on the way back that they couldn't just pile everyone forward. And then you're playing with, there'll be a couple of chances who can take them. And we sort of did that, barring giving away the silly penalties. Uh, so the second penalty for Newcastle. There are two very separate bits of this. We'll talk about the actual penalty decision itself first. Great save, Furpo. Excellently. Gets up high, tips it over the crossbar, wonder save. Unfortunately, facing sideways, 12 yards away from goal. Uh, I know he gets a little push in the back, but there is no excuse for that. That's just shite defending from a player who does baffling things sometimes. It's it's quite funny again, just just as I watch it there, and as much as for how blatant it is, there was only really Isaac that appealed it. Yeah, only the person right next to it knew. But but he was screaming his head off about it. Obviously. Because yeah. um, it was the penalty. Because <laughs> yeah. um, in the ground, none of us saw anything. Like, no. we had no idea. I managed to get Phil Hayes' Twitter up and the reverse was big appeal for handball and just underneath it, this will be given, basically. So I was like, all oh, right, so. Yeah, I, I have the claims of the push, but when you get pushed, you don't put two hands up in the air. Yeah, and it also, like, he leans on him. There was no in it. However, five, sec- five, ten seconds earlier, in a game where the referee was giving every little tiny thing as a foul, Luke Aylin is fouled twice in about two seconds on the edge of our box blatantly. And that's how we lose possession, which directly leads to the goal. And yes. that's, the, that, that's the bit I was annoyed at because it was an absolutely blatant foul. And the problem is that with it being ailing, you do find yourself wondering, I wonder if that's because he's already got three that probably weren't fouls. But, and I could go with that which logic. Is just, which is just bad refereeing because that's not how it works. But Yeah, I could go with that logic if he didn't give a, a free kick for an ailing flop not three minutes after the penalty. Yeah, like he he was giving them, so he can't then go. Well, I've given them, but they're soft, so I won't give this one. Like, no, you've given them. You've decided they're fouls. But uh, I, I just looked at that and just thought the the only the only reasonable excuse I can see for for not giving it was that because there was a few bodies in the way, he's not seen it clear, clearly. Yeah. But yeah, it, it it's a stonewall foul. And that that was the bit I was annoyed at. The actual penalty decision is fine, but that was a definite foul. Um, so yeah, Callum Wilson steps up. I think he was just about to be subbed actually, but steps up straight down the middle, cracking pen, two one down in a game where we've really not had any issues. Um, we should mention that uh, before we get to our equaliser, that Adam Forshaw came on for Sam Greenwood at half time. And was one of our best two players on the pitch. Could be the best player in our squad. Yeah, he was he was excellent when he came on. <laughs> I think Rattrazani was right. Yeah. And um and not long before their second goal, Nonto came on for Harrison. Nonto was kept pretty quiet, to be fair. Um, but Leeds did get an equaliser. Um what was it that Corman comes in. Bamford has a header blocked. He has a shot blocked. Falls to Asmus Christensen. Good strike on the volley. Massive deflection into the corner. It was a lovely header from Kieran Trippier. Yeah. <laughs> Excellently diverted into the corner. Uh, but it was a good strike. He struck it well and he'd had a good game all the way through. So it was, I really didn't see this, him being his favourite option. Yeah. Sense. Well, just... <laughs> Just Christensen being Allardyce's favoured centre-back, I just would not have seen that coming. 
But yeah, he seems to be the man for him at the minute. Yeah. Um, is that his best game for Leeds? Are we thinking? Um, I can't think of a better one, which is a bit damning with faint praise. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of it is because the other ones weren't. But uh no, I think he did um I think he did really well in this game. And he was and he was largely good against Man City as well. Mm, I, I thought we did well. I thought the, the well in the first half it could have been you could have said it was maybe a touch harsh to to bring Greenwood off because I don't think he looked particularly better or worse than anyone else. Yeah, I was right. I was surprised we made any changes at half time given how the first half went. Um but I, I, I did I did like us with the three man midfield as, as hodgepodge as it sort of looked at times with I think I think Cock struggled with it in the first twenty minutes or so and, and kept moving ahead of McKenney and, and Greenwood at times. Yeah, he got caught ahead of the ball a few times in that first sort of twenty minutes. There was a bit where um Almiron popped up in like because he'd come in from the wing and just gone into the number 10 spot and Cock ran forward 15 yards and just left him there. And I was like, oh God, they're gonna rip us apart doing that. But after but they reacted to it quite well. Mm. I don't know whether Allardyce yelled at him or whether he just realized I can't do this, but either way, they reacted well. Yeah, and I and I thought as the game went on, I think I think Cock really got to got a good handle on that position. I thought for sure. Typical for sure, brought a lot of industry, um, covered a lot of ground, and he was just better on the ball than the other he, midfield options. It really had. shows to Weston McKenney how you do that spin just to, <laughs> just to give yourself the extra couple of yards. Because whenever I see McKenney try and do it, you say, Oh, Christ, where's this going to go? I will say, I thought Weston McKenney had a pretty good game, yeah. It's very again frustrating because there's something there, but I'm not entirely sure what and if I want it long term. But um, yeah, so I, I suppose we'll come on to this. But I'd be, I suppose it depends on Forshaw's fitness as to whether he's up to starting. Yeah, I would think if he's even if it's even borderline, I think he will start him. There's one last bit of the game that we need. Well, two. There was one other bit of very silly refereeing, but I was okay with it because it went in our favour. How did Joe Lobles not get sent off on that penalty? <laughs> I or I am a lover of shithousery, and it was it was magic. It, it was it hark back to Jordan Pickford at the 2018 World Cup in that shootout when he was just having the time of his life in goal, going, "There is no pressure on me here, so I'm just going to be a bit of a knob." Hmm. And Robles is there, he, he is screaming at Callum Wilson, and it was just amazing that the referee walked over to him, basically. Get back on your line. And Robles just sort of spun him around. Yep, yeah, in a second. I, I just need to finish what I'm telling him. Well, he was literally facing him. <laughs> Go back on your line. And he just walked past him. <laughs> just put his hands on him and just went, excuse me. I'm just going to... I just need to finish my conversation with Mr. Wilson. Yeah. And so the, the, the yellow card comes out. Gets back on his line. And then just has another wander around. Yeah, he just does it again. And... I, I, we were, I was shouting to the stand going, wait, that's enough now. <laughs> when he went back on his line, that last uh, that last chin up as well. Yeah. Was uh was magical. Like I I just loved it as a man who was having a great time. Yeah. I mean, I suppose he was playing the positions of he isn't actually gonna send me off for this. Because I don't <laughs> think that any ref has the guts to. And you he's probably right. But I'd rather... <laughs> I'd rather him not get that close. Yeah. Uh, then late in the game, we have a, a, piece, a really shit piece of management number two. As someone who was basically next to me at that game, Casey, how long had I been saying you need to sub Furpo? He's going to get sent off. Uh, it was a good at, at least ten minutes before it happened. Yeah. I mean, like everyone could see it. He'd the first yellow I have not yet seen back on TV. But by all accounts, if they'd have given a red on the pitch, it mm. wouldn't have got overturned. It was a bad tackle. And then he's got a very deliberate handball to give away a penalty, which is definitely a second yellow. 
and he didn't get one. Yeah, we've got lucky there. Now's the time. To, especially, well, as, once we get to 2-2, two, because two, I can understand risking it with Firpo while we're attacking so much. Because he's better going forward than Strauch is. Fair enough. Once we get to 2-2, two, two, and he's on the record before that game saying the draw is a good result, we just need to not get bait. That's when you bring Strauch on. And we'd been saying it for ages and ages in the ground, and he just didn't, didn't, didn't. Ball over the top, gets in behind Firpo. Fortunately, he brings him down outside the box. Which, to be honest, if he'd have brought it down, would have been a big chance. So in the end, it probably was a... It, I can't really complain about the foul happening. But I just... Between the decision to give Bamford the penalty and the decision to not sub Firpo, I was like, you've done so much hard work through the week, getting these set up, and we look so much better for it. And then there's two just basic moments of just not paying any attention to your job. And those those two moments might really fucking cost us. Overall, we're gonna go if we go down, it'll just be because we haven't been good enough and the squad building was poor. The overall stuff is still Rajasani order. But if we end up going down by like a narrow margin, you're gonna look at decisions like that and think just the basics that a fan could do might have kept us up in that moment. Yeah. And it's fucking infuriating. I should never come away from a game saying, oh, well, we the entire crowd had been saying this for 15 minutes. And then the entire crowd is proven right. It, sh- it shouldn't work like that. We shouldn't be proved right as often as we have been this season across various coaches. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. So... What was uh, what were the so what were the other results uh, this weekend? Forest got a draw, didn't they? Fucking Chelsea! Yeah, Forest drew with Chelsea. I, I did see. I think uh, <clears throat> sorry, Paddy Power describing it as a a brave come from behind performance from Forest to uh, from Chelsea to get a point. Yeah, well, you know, Frank's in charge. We have to stick up for mate. Uh, Fulham beat Southampton, so Southampton are officially gone. Uh, and then on Sunday, Man City won 3 0 at Everton. Everton did play all right for about half an hour, but then quality told. And then Leicester got beat 3 0 at home by Liverpool. Leicester did not play all right. They were, by all accounts, absolutely dreadful. Yeah, in uh, listening to that, so, as, again, as we will no doubt come on to, we, we had been at yeah. the under 21s game, but yeah, listening to, listening to the game then. It sounded like very early on Liverpool got ahead and cruised through yeah. most of the game. Then, yeah, I mean, when I got in, I I, I pulled I pulled up to junctions, turned right to head home, and Trent scored to make it free. Uh, but yeah, we um we needed that. Cheers, Liverpool, much appreciated. Um, which so all of those results have with the bookies, we've gone from two to seven to two to five. So overall, it looks like a good weekend. You know, point ahead of Leicester, one point behind Everton, three points behind Forest. Um, so we're still in the shit, but at least it's not an absolute disaster. We've we've kept ourselves in it. Unfortunately, uh, depending on results. We, we could be down this weekend. Uh, yeah, um, it was too long a title. The original title for this episode was By the next podcast, we could be out of the bottom three, in the bottom three, or relegated. <laughs> because it can be any of them. Um, but we'll, we'll come on to the permutations and stuff after we've talked about the bright spot, potentially of the entire season, I suppose. Um, Ellen Road, Monday night. Leeds 3, Nottingham Forest 0. Uh, Leeds promoted to Premier League 2, Division 1. Leeds were in a final where something was on the line and just turned up and battered the opposition and it was really comfortable <laughs> and you were never worried even for a second. I have never seen that before. I I imagine that this game might go down like the uh, 93 Youth Cup 
final win might do when we nearly got relegated. It, yeah. Well, if it does go uh, alongside that, they're wrong. This is the second tier. <laughs> and we're only in this because we made a mess of it. <laughs> oh, I just meant in terms of, look, this was the good thing that happened that year. Yeah. Um, but no, it was it was really nice to see. Like you say, just Leeds turned up and for 90 minutes. Just they were just dominated. Um, really goes to show what having a thirty-five million pound striker in your in your under twenty ones can do. Yeah. Um, oh, but... we do have to obviously huge caveat the standard he was playing against, but he was playing at fifty percent effort and just looked so much better than the people he was playing against. It didn't look so much better than some of the people he was playing with. Well, like if you if you lined him and Matteo Joseph up next to each other. And said, "Which one's a thirty-five million pound footballer?" Well, you'd say neither, but <laughs> but if you had to pick one, I'm not sure which one you'd pick. Ah, uh, bless him. Um, he was good, but he was good in this game, was Twitter. Yeah, he he had a really good game, and and to be fair, he was unlucky not to come away with a couple, and because the goal he scores is is like the you know the least. Uh, technique in any of his goals, like it's it's kind of bumbled in. Yeah, he'd had but a couple he, of much better efforts that were saved. Yeah, he had some very clean strikes that were that were well saved. But I, again, and I know you you're playing against young younger players, and he he is physically much more developed than most of the players he came up against. Yeah, but just his ability to use his body and turn uh, and beat a man. Yeah. Um, you can tell he's he is someone who has been playing, you know, first team football with men for a couple of years. Yeah, there's clearly a lot of talent in there. I'm just it, it, again, it was never him. It was what signing him represented, and that was that you were signing completely the wrong player at the wrong time, rather yeah. than whether he's any good or not. But uh, yeah, first goal was Ruta, um sort of bundled in. Was it Joseph's cross, if I remember rightly? I think so. Yeah. Um, the second goal is the pick of them. Goal uh, of the season. Yeah. Uh, Charlie Allen, who was the playing two right games back. I've watched this year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Charlie Allen, who was playing right back and had a, had a really good game, uh, clips across to the back post. In the ground, it looked like sort of a bad free kick that was anticipated well. But if you look at Mullen's starting position, I think it might have actually been the plan now. Well, I, I maintain that that was the plan. But I don't think the plan was, well, I'll play this slightly behind him so we can have yeah. a thunderous volley at goal. You think I it think... was for him to head it across? Yeah. like <laughs> I think for all the world, he was there to chip it into him. He heads it back towards the penalty spot. Yeah. But yeah, but no. cross, it's behind. And uh, Jeremiah Mullen uh, just rockets a volley into the far corner. It's a, it's a worldie of a strike. He's just nailed it. Um. And then early in the second half, short corner to Sean McGirt, beats his man, good cross, Chris Moore's run, heads it home, 3-0. Um, like, I would say that like, out of the starting 11, I think 10 players had good games and Sonny Perkins was a bit quiet. Yeah. But um, ev- there's been a lot of talk about Lutter and a lot of talk about Joseph and Archie Gray and Daco JB were both excellent. I do want to mention about Lutter before I forget, as good as his performance was, he did play one of the worst crossfield passes I've ever seen. He was, aiming, he was aiming for like Joseph on the left wing and he sliced it like behind Chris Moore at left back. It was horrendous. But the, he's the one I was going to pick out because a lot of the usual names have had a lot of praise. I thought Chris Moore was absolutely outstanding in this game. He got run at one-on-one about nine times and he won it every single time and mm. played his pass as well. And that's a centre-back who's right-sided playing at left-back. I thought he was excellent in this game, even before the goal. It's it, it's very telling at this point that you've got a couple of players playing greatly out of position and you wouldn't know. Yeah. Like, if, if, if you said, like... If you if you said about Charlie Allen not being a right back, I don't think you you you'd tell on the night. No, you could t- by all accounts in the semi final that we didn't watch, you could really tell, and that's why they ended up moving Chris Moore to right back. But 
like in this, Forrest didn't really have the ball. So when you were playing right back, you were basically playing. Well, right most anyway. most of his runs were to the left hand side to take a corner. Yeah. He like his heat map will just be a diagonal line. Yeah, go over, take a set pace, go to the other side, take a set pace. But yeah, we're excellent. Leeds promote to Premier League Two Division One, which is what you need. Uh the club have said that they are going to continue to recruit heavily at youth level. This makes it easier. And we're probably going to need to recruit heavily at youth level because in there is a very there is a better than even chance that we're in the championship next season and a fair few of these players are in the first team squad. You need to replace them and you won't just be able to call up seven of the under 18 squad and step into Premier League 2 Division 1. It won't work. You'll get hammered every week. That's all right, though. We'll have Cody Drama at right back for the 21s. So. Yeah. I think that this is the I think this is the first summer where we can say that definitely won't happen. <laughs> he will either be playing first team football for Leeds or for Luton. And it might be that it's not for Leeds in the championship and is for Luton in the Premier League. What an off playoff final, Luton and Coventry. Yeah, I really hope Coventry win. It's a, it's a big throwback, is that? Too. Yeah. Also, like, I mean, obviously Luton had a lot of shit as well. They went down to the conference and everything. But the difference is, I don't like Luton. Um, <laughs> like, it's, I don't. Whereas I have no real opinion of Coventry. And they have had a load of shit that, as far as I can tell, is like there is no real way around any of it. They were just screwed over and screwed over and screwed over for ages. And they've done well to me. I mean, they were down in League Two, what, four years ago? Yeah, they've uh, they've moved up fairly quickly. Yeah, so I, I, I would really like Coventry to get up out of them. And also, I think I can live with Coventry being in a higher league than Leeds. I don't think I can live with Luton being. Whereas people f- 10 years older than us will be like, what do you mean Luton in top division for ages? But I never, I was alive for it, but I never saw it. Um, so this weekend, this probably, well, everyone's convinced it's going to go down to the last day, but that doesn't mean this weekend isn't make or break. Yeah. Because any, any weekend where you can get relegated is make or break. And Leeds are in... Well, first things first. Do you think us playing on the Sunday is a good thing or a bad thing? Or is it as simple as, if they get beat, it's a good thing. If they win, it's a bad thing. Uh, to, oh, to dip into my football manager answers, we've all got to play uh, the same amount of games at some point anyway, haven't we? Um, You know, I, I, there, there are, there's always pros and cons to it. If if results have managed to go your way, then you might have a bit of a boost uh, going into it. You know, on the other hand, obviously, if, if Forest and Leicester and Everton are all picking up points, then it, it piles even more pressure on the game. Yeah. So, so it's one of those where you kind of almost want the players just to block it out block out whatever else is happening. I know they won't. I know they'll know what's happening going into the game, but just try yeah, to block and... it out as much as possible and and play the game, not the occasion. Yeah, and as much as, oh, it probably would do your best to block it out and stuff, they'll, they'll watch them. Like... They'll, they'll have to do something in the hotel. <laughs> yeah, so we will briefly talk about the other games, and it will be brief, but Saturday 3 o'clock, Wolves v Everton. I'll be honest, that one worries me because Wolves have got absolutely nothing to play for. And Everton really do. And like Everton for 25 minutes against Man City were pretty good. Even against Newcastle when they collapsed and got battered, they were pretty good for a half. And in a game where they're playing against a team with nothing to play for, I think if they have that good half hour at the start, they'll probably be a goal up. And I think that might be enough. Uh, yeah, what are we... Just dipping back into the, the classic um, detailed Premier League table. Uh, How is home. Wolves' home record? Wolves at home, 1-9, drawn 2, lost 7. Uh, Everton away, have won 2, drawn 8, lost 8. Yeah. Uh, they're obviously not very good away from home, but it's just one of them where we've reached that point where 
all of those away games, I don't think mean nearly as much as having won five one at Brighton last week. Mm. I think in terms of the way that they'll play and everything, that means far more. Just just based on away form, uh, Everton are four, would be fourteenth in the table, uh, despite the fact they've only got those two wins. The number of draws they've got have really carried them there. Yeah. Uh, Wolves tenth in the table, just on home, just based on home record. Um, I don't know. I, I suppose that the hope is that there's a number of players playing to impress for next season because they could they could make a be looking to make a few changes this summer. Yeah. Yeah. Um well I hope to be wrong but I fancy Everton for that one. And it might just be lead to pessimism. I don't know, but I really do. Um Saturday half five, uh Forest v Arsenal. Um freed from uh, the shackles of pressure of Chasing after the Premier League, I hope I hope Arsenal go and win this eight nil. Yeah, that'd be awfully nice, wouldn't it? Um, I'm just checking. What, do Man City not play till the Sunday? Yeah, they play Chelsea on the Sunday, so they are. The title race won't officially be over by the time this game happens, even though everyone knows it is. Mm. Uh, I, and I do think they'll know it as well. I do think without pressure that that Arsenal will probably be all right in this game. Um. Again, we're saying Arsenal have the best away record in the league. Huh. Forest, twelfth uh, in the home table. So, I, I, I really hope they that that they play with the realism that this this is over. Go out there and play with a bit of freedom. Like there yeah. is no pressure on you here. If you win, grand. It just yeah, means I think... you, you, it just means you'll finish a bit closer to Man City. If they play well, they'll win, but that's always the if, isn't it? Uh, and then on Monday night, Newcastle play Leicester. Newcastle at home. The way Leicester are playing, Newcastle will still be chasing a Champions League spot. Um, like You would think that Newcastle will win that one. So I'm sort of thinking that... My, my thing is that I don't think Forest and Leicester will get points, but I think Everton will get all three. Hmm. And if that happens... We have to get a result because, yeah, yeah. Le- Leicester will be gone completely, and we won't have to think about them. But we would be going if we didn't get anything, we'd be going into the last game three points behind Forest. And yeah, we'll have a better goal difference, but it would mean that we have to, we ha- it would leave us having to beat Spurs and ho- having to have Palace beat Forest on the final day, a Palace team that we'll have nothing to play for. But is a forest team away from home. Yeah, but we can't rely on that. So <laughs> we, I mean, you know, hopefully Wolves win and I'm wrong, but it makes me think that we need to win at West Ham, basically. Oh, absolutely, we have to win. Like it is. This is it. Now, we're past. No, you know, must not lose. It is. Yeah, I suppose win. technically, if if Everton do get beat, if Everton get beat and Leicester get beat on Monday, then a point becomes an okay result. Because if, if that happens, we'll come out of the bottom three. Because Everton's goal difference would have to get worse by one. We would have the same number of points and we've scored more goals. Yeah. So, like, if Everton and Forest both get beat, a point would become okay. But even then, you'd still be relying on Leicester not winning on the Monday. So, I just feel... I feel like our only way out of this is to win this game. Yeah, I mean, you're probably looking at us playing a a much changed West Ham team as well. Yeah, I mean, they're playing their second leg against AZ, kicking off in about 15 minutes at 8 o'clock. You would think, I mean, I haven't looked at their team tonight, but I am willing to assume without looking that it's absolutely all hands to the pump. Um, yeah, cause, because it might as well be for them. Like, I, yeah, but... I know mathematically they could by some huge goal swing, get relegated. But ultimately, they're safe now. Um, and they have a chance to win some European silverware. So Yeah, yeah know, I've you... just looked. It is their absolute full team. Yeah. So, they... so there'd be no reason for them to 
to Rick's plate. Now, admittedly, again, looking further ahead, they also play Leicester on the last day of the season. Yeah. Um, but which... if we get if we get a result, like if we win this game, that does not matter. Yeah. It provided they lose to Newcastle, which is what I think will happen. Yeah. Because we'll be four um, points ahead of them. So, so we absolutely need to to take advantage of that. You know, looking at the team, they they, they made eight changes to their team because um, they they won at Altmar. Uh, sorry, won at, at home to Altmar. Yeah, two one. Um, but you're looking at a team that then, um, yeah, Antonio came out, Rice came out, Bowen came. You know, it's wholesale changes. Um, and if you get to if you get to a final, then you might as well rest your players. Oh yeah, like they, they will be fully focused on that because like, that so final will be the biggest game for West Ham in years. Yeah, what since the Stephen Gerrard FA Cup final? It, it, it's that and the playoff. Did they go through? They went up through the playoff. Oh yeah, they 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 did because I won four hundred and fifty quid off a two pound accumulator that I forgot I'd put on. So yeah. I spent that entire game cheering on Blackpool. And <laughs> <laughs> then Ricardo Vaste scored. Um, do you think we'll change anything other than Strout for Furpo? Um, I, I, yeah, I suppose it, it might depend on, I think it was just said earlier, the fitness levels of Forshaw as to whether he starts. But yeah. again, I think that would be a direct him for Greenwood. Yeah, I think that's fair. I also do want, if Cooper's fit, I do wonder if it'd be Cooper in for Verpo and Verba to left back. Yeah, it depends how Verba's doing mentally after being I just think I think he must, for that tackle. I just think that Allardyce must not trust Strauk because I can't think of any other reason why he wouldn't have made that sub ten minutes earlier. Mm. And you know we have seen a bit he's, la- he's lacking manager fitness, you know he's yeah he's just we been out of it a bit too long. He's not exactly been at his most reliable the last few months, Strauk. So I can't no, understand that. Um, and I suppose, you know, your first game under a new manager and you just give away a stupid penalty is not going to help that. Yeah. Followed by two of your teammates giving away similarly stupid penalties. Yeah, it probably won't help anything. Christ, we're gonna, we're, we might actually run out of left-footed defenders here if Liam Cooper gives one away. Just try and drop them all. Yeah, fuck it. They're, fuck it. Mullen and Montero were really good for the twenty minutes. We just throw them in. Uh, yeah. Other than that, I, I don't see much changing. Um, so we say... reckon Rodrigo and Harrison stay as the nominal wide players playing off Bamford. Yeah, like I like I thought Monto did well when he came on, but I thought Rodrigo and Harrison had good games as well. So mm-hmm. the, I don't think. I don't think there's any reason to change that. And I suppose when you're in a game where you need to get a result, having Nonto coming off the bench for, for Rodrigo is, is is a great option to have. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if um, doing well in the 21s might get Ruta anywhere closer to maybe getting off the bench at some point. <laughs> but yeah, you've, you're, the shake of your head is probably correct. You say some interesting things sometimes, Jack, and... I I agree with almost everything you say, but not this one. No, not that one. Now, um, so lastly, mate, before well, um, there is one other game that we won't preview, but just to say that we, at, the podcast will be definitely back end of the week because we're off to go watch Pablo Hernandez's Castillon this weekend. Yes, in what is now his final league game, except for the fact that they have qualified for the playoffs. Yeah, well, I'm going with the Huddersfield logic of the playoffs aren't the league. Playoffs don't count. Right, no. Yeah, but yeah, we'll um, we're gonna go watch Castillon uh, playing um, Real Union. Um, they are fourth in the league, playing fourteenth. So is Union a town? Um, because I just it feels like they've put two suffixes. Two prefixes. Prefixes. Is it pre- well? I suppose it depends. S- suffix would be on the end. If it was Madrid Real. Sorry, yeah, I was kind of thinking, yeah. They've got a prefix and a suffix and put them together to make a team because, yeah, I think of Union as a as coming afterwards, but um, it, based in Iran, in I mean, it, they're Basque, 
Okay. But uh, it appears that they are not in the town of Union. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, last thing to do, I suppose, Kirsty, is predictions and a bet, which I haven't looked up either. But ju- I, just on the pure basis that we absolutely have to get one, I'm saying 2-1 win. 2-0 uh, win. Just because I I can't see a world where we don't need it. I, where it isn't, a, you just have to win and there's nothing else to it. Um, so there's no specials out or anything at the moment. Uh, no, it'll be a bit, but this one we'll have to pick something early because there's no way I'm going to remember to put stuff out on Twitter while we're away. <laughs> so I'm going to say Rodrigo to score from outside the box, 20 to 1. Lovely. Yeah, you do have to go for some slightly bigger ones. Yeah. Um, I'm just going Jack Harrison, first goal, uh, 10 to 1. Yeah, that's that's quite decent odds, actually. He's got previous uh, at West Ham. Yeah, well, he got. Patrick last season in a 3-2 win. You know, when we had Yelder and and Bait playing and everything was fine. That, those those were different games. No, I believe they both played in both. Because we got the two injuries in the first 20 minutes of the 3-2 oh, win. Oh, God, yeah. There's the cup game, obviously, which had the... That was the week, which was the week before. Yeah. Um... Does Lewis Bate get in this midfield? Um, I mean, maybe. <laughs> I don't know, but my gut says maybe. Uh, yeah, just to check. Yeah, because Bate replaced Forshaw after 22 minutes and Yeldon replaced Furpo after 23. And then Bate went off for Rodrigo. Yeah. Like, basically 45 minutes later because he did look quite tired. And he took a couple of dodgy touches and started chair arsing around after everyone. I think Bielsa went... Ooh, I'm not keen on that. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll pull him away. Um, but yeah, basically, we we have to win either way. But to what extent we have to win, we won't know until half seven on Saturday. Yeah. Well, I suppose 5pm on Saturday. Really. Because if Forrest are to win, it just means that they're safe and it's all about catching Everton. I've I've never had a bad word to say about Wolves, even some of their fans no, and their, and their no, questionable they, beliefs. And um, you know what? They're, they're right. There is a conspiracy against them, and they have to like work twice as hard just to get past it. And I hope, just for the sake of justice, that they get these three points. I mean, I, I don't I don't think there's a club that you can tie more into, you know, the the foundations of football and the authorities yeah. of football than, than Everton. So beating them, I think, would would be uh, two fingers up to the FA. Yeah, it's just, and Wolverhampton is just a wonderful place. Like, it, no one's ever said anything about it being bleak or no. all that, <laughs> ever. Says says the guy whose team plays in Beast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that will do us for episode two hundred and seventeen at Mike White's podcast. We'll be back. I reckon Thursday next week, probably in a bad shout, but we'll have to see close to the time. Um, but just for the love of everything, just hope that we win. So I've been Jack, see ya. I'm in KC, have a good one. In a bit.